0: This is a GRDC podcast.
1: A new five-year GRDC investment will aim to increase the yields of high-value irrigated crops grown in the southern cropping region. As with dryland farming, there can also be a big difference in irrigated cropping between potential yields and actual yields. G'day, I'm Chris Brown. This new project will extend north to Finlay and Griffith in New South Wales and right along the Murray from Albury to South Australia and trials will also be run in Tasmania. Michael Strait, a researcher from Far Australia based at Yarrawonga on the Riverine Plains, spoke to me about the project and said that closing that yield gap is about doing all those little
2: things right. It's not so much as a silver bullet to go, oh, we can push yields Straight away, yep. um, it's about finding those one percenters and those small building blocks and making sure we have them in the right order in the right place to actually achieve those sort of step changes in yield.
1: Yeah. Okay, before we get to the
2: building blocks,
1: let's talk about what you're actually going to trial in this project. And there's a number of different crops. I suppose they're the higher value crops, is that uh, right?
2: Uh, that's right, looking at mainly the sort of probably not so much at cereals because of being done a fair bit of work in, in the irrigation sphere. And I suppose with the price of water now too, a crop that's actually able to return a more positive sort of income Mm, pay its way Uh, pay its way yeah exactly so uh, looking at things like faba beans chickpeas durum wheats canola maize under irrigation and also a little bit under spring barley as well and especially in the tasmania south southern south australia sort of areas where we may be able to get a spring barley sort of uk new zealand type scenario and sort of those higher value crops i suppose yeah see how we can push the boundaries under irrigation.
1: Alright, well what are those building blocks? And I suppose an important area would be nitrogen use and and the efficiency of that.
2: Yeah, that's correct. That's one of the biggest ones. Sort of nutrition, timeliness, its type of nutrition. All of that will be looked at in several trials across Mm. spread across the sort of irrigation region around here. Not just nitrogen itself. And also I think if there's any other deficiencies in crop that we can find in irrigation systems, I suppose we can play with a bit. Because we have the added water, Mm. we can actually play a little bit more with sort of micronutrients and other things that we can see if if they are levers to increasing yield as well. One of the, the other issues that this area has is the soil
1: itself. There's various types of soils, obviously, but there are limiting factors in relation to the soil. So what are you doing there?
2: Yeah, so we're working with New South Wales DPI, looking at some amelioration techniques, especially where we're going to be based in Finley, 30 k's north of the Murray River. A lot of the soils there, heavy sort of dark clay, but with a sort of acidic layer on the top surface and trying to break that to give our root system a, a bit more advantage to get down into that where sometimes we do have soil moisture down in those deep clays and trying to get down there and, and make that available to them so that will be run sort of side by side with the agronomy work and some of that agronomy work may even be superimposed onto the amelioration so we can see sort of a benefit of with and without the amelioration on that same soil type what techniques will you be using with it? mainly deep ripping and then and placing nutrients at depth so sort of across hatch system so we can actually understand where the benefit's coming from. Is it the deep ripping? Is it actually just putting the nutrients in? Or is it actually just putting the nutrients on the surface? So, And then also some nutrients as in biomanure and also some gypsum at depth too to, to break some of that clay.
1: What about the issues of weed control and disease control?
2: Well, I, I think with any time you add water and humidity, the disease factor, mm. so there, there will be a, an element of that and part of the project. And then also pests as well, pest mm. diseases, weeds. That sort of side of the project too because obviously, as soon as you're adding moisture, mm. you're creating those um, environments for those pests and diseases to flourish. So, and there'd be work on those. Anytime
1: you have irrigation, you run into the possibility of lodging. So, is that a part of the project as well?
2: Oh, 100%. And, and I think the, the regions we're based in are, even for dry land production, reasonably they can produce a lot of dry matter, a lot of biomass. The addition of water really does change things at the back end and Mm. and lodging is a big factor and and working both with cultural activities, cultural activities as in how can we keep that crop sort of shorter, some things we've tried it with cereals obviously is things like grazing Mm. but we'll sort of maybe have a look at different probably more chemical interactions, PGR, plant growth regulators, uh, things like that, timing, rates, products for the different crops and understanding how we can actually hold on to that yield because that's a big It's pretty disheartening when you when you can produce all that yield but then it's lying on the ground and you can't pick it up so that's a big element to this project too
1: will you be testing different types of irrigation
2: yeah yeah we will so a couple of our sites have actually got the the luxury of being able to do two or three different methods of irrigation on the one site so say in finley for example we could have overhead irrigation which is probably the main irrigation now off the channel in this region Mm -hmm. in that finley lower riverina region and then also the sort of traditional flood irrigation And then also beds as well in that same place. And in another site, we're also looking at tape underground. So we're actually sort of able to compare and contrast those types of irrigation. And if there's other techniques, we can sort of pull out and go, okay, if you're on beds or if you're on flood, we're finding this is better for that Mm. and this is better for that.
1: What about varietal choice? Are you testing different varieties of these particular crops?
2: Indeed. And I think in other work we've done in high-yielding environments, I think that's one of the biggest levers we've actually managed to pull is finding different varieties, whether from overseas or whether not commercialised by an Australian breeder, that are actually sort of a fit. They might they might not be seen as a fit by a breeder because it's a feed variety or if it's not, it's only going to be specific to a small area. But if we can actually look at some of that stuff and say, actually this is going to do the, the job, this is going to be a better variety for this region, the more you maybe get some of those varieties either into Australia or inform the breeders really that, that the market might may be there and that the growers will grow the different varieties. So we've seen that in Tasmania and Southern Victoria with a couple of different wheats really going gangbusters.
1: Are you also looking at the dollar side of the irrigation and the improvements that you're talking about?
2: Oh, definitely. I think that's the, the sort of outcome for growers. Every time you talk to a grower, yeah. it's always about, is it going to make a difference to their bottom line? And I think, you know, we're doing a plethora of trials. We're doing it across all of this sort of the Southern um, irrigation zone. And, and to really, dollars to donuts, what are we going to get out of this from doing these management techniques, all these different crops, is it actually going to pay? And, and now I think that's a sort of nearing the end of the project. We hope to sort of do a good analysis of that. Uh, I know it's, it's difficult, I know with a lot of these crops, the higher value crops, the markets fluctuate a lot more yes. than say cereals. Yeah. But there's things like there in canola and durum wheat and maybe a spring barley that may be a bit more consistent. But I think that's going to be the, the toughest element to actually yeah. say, and I think that's why it's spread over five years, we can actually get a year by year look and say, okay, over five years in fibres or in chickpeas, has this actually paid off for us. Yeah.
1: Disseminating the results of these wide-ranging trials to growers and helping them close that yield gap is an important part of this research project. Eight irrigation discussion groups have been formed to, in a way, ground truth the results of the research the irrigation discussion groups are being coordinated by the Irrigated Cropping Council, and I spoke to the Council's Executive Officer, Charlie Aves.
0: So these groups act as a bit of a hub between the main research that's happening, and you've heard about with Far Australia and ourselves, um, with the economics team and with growers. So there's several components to our project, one of which is working with those other projects to make sure that we're providing much more value than we could independently. Um, The other aspect is we run small group meetings right across the irrigation zones of New South Wales as far as the Murrabidgee, Victoria, Tasmania and South Australia. And these are small group meetings so that we're able to get some really great feedback and input into the research that's done by those linked projects so that it's valuable to the growers within those regions.
1: The groups, do they have an input into the the research shape?
0: Yeah, so I mean the core fundamentals have been put together by GRDC through their consultation process but high irrigation discussion groups do have input into treatments that they would like to see in their region and those kind of things. I mean, they can't suddenly say they want a whole different crop. Of course, yeah. (laughs) But yeah, and there is parameters within that, but they do have a say in treatments um, and ideas that they'd like tested within their region.
1: So then the research happens. What sort of involvement do the farmers in the groups uh, have in in the research process?
0: They're not directly involved in Fars research, But what we also have is a smaller budget for focus paddock work, which is where growers can choose 100% what they would like to see done. Um, They're involved in the project development, project implementation. Those projects are run on their farms and we gather the results from them and they're supporting the entire research process as a whole. And we're able to see some of those treatments that FARS are looking at in a real detailed level they actually work on a paddock scale. So growers are very much involved in that process.
1: You say they're small groups. What sort of population do they have? And are they sort of representative of a a larger district?
0: Yeah, so we've got eight irrigation discussion groups set up. So one with Macillot Farm Management Group, one with Southern Farming Assistance, the Maize Association, Riverine Plains, Southern Growers, and the Irrigation Research Extension Committee have two, and of course, ourselves these have upwards of 10 growers between 10 and 20 is ideal once you start getting over that then Mm. not everyone can have a voice when you get them together and it's really important that everyone involved does have a voice so we are focused on them being small groups where they can share information learn from the researchers learn from what they're doing and learn from each other
1: now this research project is just getting underway and i think it's a five-year project i suppose at the other end these groups will be involved in disseminating that all that information is that right
0: yeah so each of our facilitators is not just giving the information to those members of the irrigation discussion groups but extending that research more broadly through their networks and creating those ripples within the region so yeah there's very much and we'll still see the standard field days that you would see with other projects so that more growers can come out and look at those Mm. research projects.
1: This project, how important is it to growers? What are you sort of getting feedback from them about the project itself?
0: Yeah, we've had some really, really positive feedback. So each group has already had their first meetings. That's not to say that more people can't get involved. So if growers are still keen to get involved, please get in touch with your nearest Mm. facilitator and your nearest grower group. But we've had very, very positive feedback even north of the river where we've had zero allocations. People are really looking at what they should be doing with water when they have it, how they should be managing when they don't have water, and there's a huge amount of questions about the productivity on a much longer term basis, and the best ways to manage that. So growers are looking to increase their flexibility within their systems, they're looking to increase the knowledge that they have in terms of getting the best out of every megalitre of water that's put out on the farm and, and how they generate the best returns for that. So there's, despite the fact that irrigation in certain regions is doing challenging, doing, doing <laughs> for want tough. of a better word, really yeah. challenging at the moment, growers are still interested in learning how they can make the most out of their farming system.
1: Charlie Aves from the Irrigated Cropping Council and before Charlie, I spoke to Michael Strait from Far Australia on a new GRDC investment into irrigated cropping of high value grains. My name is Chris Brown.